Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One really fun side effect that I've been experiencing in pregnancy and I've had very few unpleasant side effects to be honest aside from the first trimester, but I am really struggling with shortness of breath. Like I have to pause to take deep breaths very frequently. And I've tried to record this intro probably six or seven times now. And every single time I'm like finding myself really short of breath. And I don't think that that would be a very pleasant listening experience. So apologies in advance. I'm going to try to take things a little bit slower. But if you do hear me like panting... Again, apologies. This will not be happening much longer, hopefully. So with that said, today's episode is something a little bit different. We are going to be exploring some of my 2023 favorites. Yes, we are in 2024 now, but I kind of want to take a look back and just share some of my favorite books and movies and podcasts and miscellaneous things like skincare because this is actually one of my favorite topics. I love to share ideas and I actually love having a glimpse into different people's taste and genres that they like and things that they're gravitating towards. I find that it helps me to get ideas or maybe even get inspiration for books to read or movies to watch that maybe I wouldn't have watched otherwise or you know, picked myself. So that's what this episode is going to be all about. You may find something that sounds interesting to you here in this episode. Now, I have gone through and tried to make everything spoiler-free. So even if you do plan on reading something from this episode or watching something, then you won't know the entire plot before even reaching for it. And, you know, one thing I will say is... I've been quite self-conscious or just don't feel super confident in my review abilities for a couple of reasons. I feel like after I read a book or watch a movie, I just like forget the plot. I just don't know what I read. And, you know, you see those people on Goodreads, for example, writing reviews, and I just couldn't do that. I'm not good at that type of thing. I'm not good at like condensing my thoughts a lot of the time. So this is a challenge, a personal challenge for me that I want to get better at because sometimes people will ask, like I'll say, oh, I love this book. And they're like, what did you like about it? And I'm like, um, I just liked it. So I'm trying to get better at being able to describe things that I like and share these things because again, I love to consume that type of content. So I find it really interesting when other people share their favorites. And then also I'm actually thinking, I'm toying around with the idea with introducing sort of a new segment on the podcast, which I won't give a lot away about just yet, but it is going to have sort of a book review element to it. And I think it'll be really fun. So stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. All right, let's start off with books. Now, at the beginning of 2023, I did actually set a Goodreads reading goal for the year, and I'm happy to report that I met my goal. And, you know, I'm not always a big fan of setting reading goals. I think 
sometimes it establishes this sense of urgency with reading, which I don't love because I feel sort of protective of this part of my life. I feel like it's that area of my life that I love to do just for pleasure. And so when I introduce this goal, sometimes I feel a lot of pressure to meet the goal. Now, for whatever reason, I didn't feel that this year. I actually just really liked having that goal in place. And I think I liked it because it was a reminder for me to keep reading as a part of my routine. Because I do love it so much, I find it to be really immersive and distracting from potentially things that are going on, things that are stressing me out. And, you know, it also stops me from constantly going down social media rabbit holes and getting consumed by scrolling. If I'm into a really good book, I find that that's what I want to pick up all the time. So having that goal in place was actually healthy for me. But again, that's not always the case. And the other thing I spoke about in a previous episode is that something that changed slightly in my reading habits this year was I intended to read more fiction. I just kind of hit this point with self-help you know, nonfiction content where I just needed to take a bit of a pause. I would say I was very fatigued by that type of book, which is different from previous years because I really was only consuming that type of book or predominantly, I should say. But gravitating more towards fiction allowed me to explore a lot of new genres and reading books that I wouldn't typically go for or gravitate towards. So that was actually really nice, and I'm really excited to share those. Now, I did have a few self-help-ish books sprinkled in throughout the year, but what I found to actually be helpful was to have a self-help book going at the same time as a fiction book. So kind of having both going at the same time. And what I would actually usually do is I would be reading one on my Kindle and listening to one on an audiobook, not at the same time, but like let's say I was sitting down in the evening to read, I would have my Kindle, and then if I was cleaning or going on walks, I would have an audiobook going. And like I said, one of them would be fiction and one of them would be nonfiction or self help if I felt like it. That wasn't always the case. Now, this actually brings me to my very first favorite from last year and this isn't a book but it falls into the reading category which is audiobooks now we all know I love a good podcast especially since I walk a lot but this year I was going through phases I found where I didn't have a podcast that I liked or I just wasn't feeling it like I said because all of my podcasts in the past were in that self-help-ish genre I just went through a phase where I did not really want to listen to that very much. And it was in those times that I started to get more into, like I said, audiobooks. So initially I was using Audible, but then a few of you actually pointed me towards Libby. Now, depending on where you are, I'm not sure if you have access to this app in your country, but basically it's a free app that connects with your library card. And I just fell in love with it, especially since it allows you to use your local library and support your local library and then also because it's free so you get free audiobooks and then they also have ebooks that you can rent on the app as well so that my friends is the first favorite 
from last year, which is Libby. And now we're going to get into the actual books, which I've broken into categories. So the first category is science fiction. Very quickly, you are going to pick up on a theme here for the first few books because obviously I had a little moment with the author Blake Crouch this year. And what kicked that phase off was the book Dark Matter. So back in around April or May, I believe, I was at the library and they had this wonderful list of books to read if you liked the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And I feel like I actually shared some of the books that came up on that list in a TikTok video or something. And I hadn't rented any of them. I was just sharing, oh, look at this list. And one of them was Dark Matter. And so many comments came back about how good that book was, that it was a favorite of theirs. So that's what actually what prompted me to read it. The best way I can describe this book, and the same can be said for the other two Blake Crouch books that I'll share, is that it's mind-bending and you know, very compelling and thrilling, but also in a way that doesn't feel that far off from our current reality. I would compare it to one of the movies I'm going to share called, I don't know how to pronounce this, it's either Ex Machina or Ex Machina, but it's kind of just obviously science fiction, but in a way that you can be like, okay, that actually feels somewhat possible, if that makes sense. So without giving too much away, And I'm laughing at myself for this review that I read or I wrote because I wrote little blurbs for each book and it just sounds so formal. So the main character, Jason, he's kind of going through the motions of life and he seems to have some regrets about paths untaken. And this is the part that sounds so funny and formal to me. Until his life is kind of shaken by an event that seems to open his eyes to the concept of infinity and choice. So there you have it. That gives you a bit of a glimpse into dark matter. Most of the people that read this book on my recommendation from social media or who had already read it had very positive things to say. Some people, and I mean like one or two people said that they didn't like it, but universally this seems to be just like a very exciting, thrilling book. Now, it is dark. There is death. And if you're not into that type of thing, then this one and probably the next two may not be for you. Actually, probably a lot of my books that I'm going to share. But anyways, the next one is Upgrade, also by Blake Crouch. And like I said, after reading Dark Matter, I was like, okay, I need more from this author. And I actually did the audiobook for this, which I highly recommend. Similar feel to Dark Matter with the science fiction, mind-bendy, edge-of-your-seat kind of vibe. And to be honest, the title sort of tells you everything that you need to know about the book. You're following someone who has experienced an upgrade, which I won't give much away about that. And then the story just sort of follows everything that comes after and it's a lot of twists and turns. And yeah, the next one is Recursion also Blake Crouch, and this is the last one from Blake Crouch, but I also did the audiobook for that one. I would say that of the three Blake Crouch books that are on this list, this one was probably at the bottom, but obviously still good enough to be on my favorites list. Briefly, 
The story follows a cop who is investigating this phenomenon where people seem to be having false memories of events, so things that never happened. And then that is all I'll give away about that one because really there's not much more I can share. Now the next book is called Elsewhere and it's by an author called Alexis Scheitkin. S-C-H-A-I-T-K-I-N. Now I put this on the science fiction list but honestly it is nothing like the other three and really it could fall into so many different categories. Dystopian, fantasy, maybe even thriller. Now This was a really interesting and very unique read for me, but it's also unsettling in a way that I really can't describe and I don't really have anything to compare it to. So briefly, it's about this really isolated, remote, tight-knit, and almost cultish community where something very specific and strange happens, which I won't give away, but essentially the community has no explanation for why that thing happens. And it's told through the lens of the main character, Vera, who grows up in the community. She witnesses this strange affliction happening growing up and then comes face to face with it later in life. So that's elsewhere for you. The next genre that we're going to explore, which I really got into in any way this year, was fantasy. And some of the books that made the list of my favorites were Once Upon a Broken Heart and The Ballad of Never After. Now, this is book one and two in a series, and the author is Stephanie Garber. So how I came across these books was actually on Libby. You can just scroll through what's available and this popped up. I didn't know anything about it and I decided to give it a try. Like I said, I was just trying new things and going for things that I wouldn't typically go for. And so this one is actually a young adult series. I haven't read a lot of young adult fantasy, but it's huge online and I was curious I would put this series maybe in a similar-ish arena to A Court of Thorns and Roses, toned back significantly, obviously because it's young adult, on the spice level. I also, for whatever reason, as I was reading it, this series Bridgerton came to mind. I think with the themes of courtship and balls and matchmaking, But then there's this sort of fantasy element like curses and fate interwoven in. And I really liked this series because you get so immersed when you read a fantasy series into that new world and you're learning about the quirks and rules of that fantasy world. And I just find that when I'm in the right mood for it, it is so immersive and so compelling. And again, I find actually that this type of book is a really good distraction because it's just so immersive. So I haven't actually read the third book in the series yet, but the ratings on Goodreads are equally as high, so I'm excited. That's not always the case I find with, you know, things that have sequels or, you know, several books in the series is sometimes the ratings start to go down a little bit, but in this case, they're all very high. So yeah, I'm excited to read that. I will probably do the audiobook because I really enjoyed the audiobook for the first two. The next book that made this list was a classic, The Hobbit, and we're probably all very familiar with the story of The Hobbit, which is the prequel to the Lord of the Rings series. And although both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings are some of my all-time favorite movies, I've actually never 
read any of the books. Sometimes I would just look at the size of the book and I'm like, you know what? I'm not ready to commit to that. But I actually listened to The Hobbit on Libby as well. I feel like most of these were audiobooks. And I'm really glad I did. The version that I listened to was narrated by this person called Rob Inglis. But a few of you actually DM'd me and said that there is also a version narrated by Andy Serkis, who is the voice of Gollum. And apparently that is amazing too. The one that I listened to was just so good. It was like being transported back into that world and the narrator just did all the voices so well and just did the book so much justice. It was a 10 out of 10. So if you are able to find either of those versions, I would highly recommend. The last one in the fantasy category is this book called Wayward by Amelia Hart, which as I was preparing my notes for this episode, I discovered that this book actually won the best historical fiction for 2023 on the Goodreads Choice Awards. So that was kind of cool and well-deserved. This one has more of a witchy magic vibe, and it does jump back and forth between three women on different timelines, which I don't always love, but in this case, it was easy to follow, and I enjoyed the interconnectedness of the stories, and I wasn't really sure how to describe this book, so I looked on Goodreads, and the summary says... Hart's story stitches back and forth in time as the women encounter an abiding feminine power deeply rooted in the land. So you can probably read a little bit more about what that one is all about online, but that'll give you sort of an idea of generally what the vibe of that book is. Okay, so the next category is thriller, and we'll start off with the book A Certain Hunger. That's by Chelsea G. Summers. I mentioned at the beginning that if you're not into sort of darker reads or anything that's disturbing, this one is definitely not for you. It is disturbing in my opinion, but I still really, really liked it. My mom is one of those people. She doesn't really like dark things, whether that's movies or shows or whatever. So I would never recommend this to her. But basically, this is what it's about. You have a female food critic, and it basically follows her throughout her various love life and career endeavors, but with a big twist, which I will not reveal. Now, if I remember it correctly, the first chapter or two, I wasn't actually sure if I was going to like it because it was one of those ones where just a lot of big words were used, and I was just getting bored. But honestly, I feel like that kind of subsides throughout the book, and I really enjoyed it. But No denying this is a dark one, and like I said, definitely some really disturbing parts in there, so proceed with caution. But what I actually loved most about the book was the way the author described food and just that being such a prominent theme throughout. It kind of put me on a path of like wanting to read more food-themed books or books that had that interwoven in. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
And then the second one on my list for thrillers is called The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz. Now, this was another random one that just kind of came up on a list and I thought I'd give it a try. And it's just one of those easy-to-read, suspenseful thrillers. And I thought it was a pretty interesting concept for the plot. Without going into too much detail, basically a bunch of writers get the opportunity to go on a writing retreat and be mentored with this famous author, many of which that is their idol, so it's really interesting in that way. And for the duration of the retreat where they're getting mentored, they get to stay at the author's mansion. And as you can imagine, with it being in the thriller category, there is a twist, but it's just one of those ones that hooks you and really draws you in. Okay, the next category is fiction, and I have two books on here. This is the last book category that we'll be discussing in today's episode. The first one you've probably heard me talk about a few times. It's called The Big Swiss, or just Big Swiss, actually, and the author is Jen Began. Now, again, as I was preparing the notes, I noticed that this one had been on the Goodreads Choice Awards for 2023, but it it doesn't, excuse me, look like it placed. Um, But I've seen this one compared to My Year of Rest and Relaxation a few times online. If you haven't read that book, the reason I think it's being compared to it is because there's kind of a unraveling main female character. But I found this one to be quite different, a lot more playful and lighthearted while still kind of watching someone's life unravel, like I said. And I just thought the plot was really clever and interesting. Basically, a transcriptionist for a sex therapist becomes entangled, we'll say, with one of the therapist's clients. So that is Big Swiss. And then the last book that I'm going to share, I read very recently. It's called I Who Have Never Known Men, and that is by Jacqueline Hartman. I didn't really know how to categorize this book, but I'm realizing it probably should have gone in the same category as elsewhere in that dystopian kind of sort of science fiction-y category. But anyways, this was a haunting and unsettling story. Another one of those books that gave me this total empty feeling after reading it, which not everyone wants to feel. I won't lie, it wasn't satisfying and it was a bit like oh my gosh, this, I just don't know how to describe how I felt. And I know a lot of people have said that about this book. All I'll share without spoiling anything is it's about a young girl who is imprisoned with a group of other women and she has no memory as to how or why she got there, nor do any of her fellow prisoners. So that is it. That is my list of 2023 favorite books that I read. Let me know if you end up checking any of these out. I'd love to hear your thoughts or any of your favorites. And with that said, we will move on to movies and shows, and I will be moving through these categories a bit faster. I gave an app favorite for the reading category, and I'm going to give a favorite for the movie category as well, which is the app called Letterboxd. Now, I was only exposed to this app this year. Maybe I'm extremely late to that, but it's basically Goodreads, but for movies, so you can go through and add movies to your watch list or rank them, and this was actually super helpful for me, especially in creating this episode because I could just go back and see what I watched and, you know, 
create this list. Now, I did try my best to document everything throughout the year, but I did fall off for a bit, so I've probably forgotten a bunch here, but here are some of my favorites. Okay, in the sci-fi but also romance category, we have Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Now, this by no means is a new movie. I believe it was released in like 2004, but it was one of those movies I had just never seen and I've seen people talking about it and I've seen it in movie stores when I was growing up, but I never saw it and I really, really enjoyed it. It gives me that kind of similar feel, interestingly enough, to almost like dark matter and everything everywhere at once, that concept of infinity and sort of that mind-bendy element, but in this case with that romance being interwoven in. And then another one that I mentioned previously in the episode that I really enjoyed is, again, Ex Machina, Ex Machina, I don't know. Basically explores the theme of artificial intelligence and romance and... That's all I'll really say about that one without giving it away, but really enjoyed that one. Also not a new movie. Then next we have the sort of fantasy and action category, starting off with Dungeons and Dragons. That was kind of a random one. It's not one that I would typically choose, but we ended up really liking it. I just thought it was fun and well done. And again, I love a fantasy world that I can sink my teeth into, if you will. Another one that we really enjoyed was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So that's the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It is animated. And actually, I remember for the first one, my siblings suggested it and I wasn't sure if I would like it, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. So if you're like on the fence about that one, I would highly recommend it. I ended up seeing that in theaters and I just think it's so well done and it has such high ratings on Letterboxd. It's wild. Another favorite which I had ranked really highly and I forgot that I watched is this movie called Polite Society. I don't really know how to describe this one. I guess like it could go in the action category but it's kind of coming of age, kind of about two sisters and their relationship dynamic but with a really fun like action twist and I really enjoyed that one. I don't have much to compare it to. At several points I was like what is going on here but I actually like having that feeling watching a movie of just being like wow okay this is a lot and then moving on to the kind of comedy feel-good category. This is actually the category that I have the fewest. In fact I only have one movie in this category and it's theater camp. Now, the reason I love this movie so much is because I grew up going to camp, not theater camp necessarily, but summer camp, and it just made me feel so nostalgic for those times, and I feel like it captured the magic and the nostalgia of summer camp really well, and I love the soundtrack. I've been listening to it a lot recently. Our final category and most comprehensive, I have the most number of movies surprisingly on this list is horror slash thriller. And you know, I've actually always been a big horror movie fanatic, but unfortunately they're not always very good. Like they're not always well done. And they're sometimes very, very cheesy. And don't get me wrong, I saw quite a few very, very cheesy movies this year in that category 
And even some that, like, I was really surprised had really good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm starting to wonder, like, do people pay off Rotten Tomatoes? Because sometimes I don't fully believe or trust what's on there. Anyways, back to the movies. This first one is one that truly shook me to my core. That doesn't happen often with horror movies, but it's Talk to Me. That was, I believe, a new release last year. And I watched that with my sister and... Jamie and we were all just like petrified after my sister had to walk home and she was texting me that she was terrified one of those ones that leaves you like with a really unsettled scared feeling afterwards another one I really like I feel weird saying I enjoyed this because it's so weird and messed up but I don't know I liked it was Barbarian and I actually watched that twice I watched it once with my siblings and then once with Jamie And I don't often rewatch horror movies. I feel like they're kind of a one-time thing because you already know what's going to happen. But that one, I watched twice, so that says something. Another one on the list is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Now, I actually hadn't really seen this advertised anywhere, but it just came up on our Google TV. It, like, makes recommendations based on your previous watch history and Both Jamie and I really, really loved that one. And then we recommended my sister watch it and she also loved it. I would say us three are the most interested in or we like horror movies. A few other people in our family don't really like them at all. So it's kind of us three and we all really liked that one. And then another one that Jamie and I watched, which we really liked, is called Fresh. We also kind of really got into sort of thriller comedies which is a new genre I feel like thrillers are usually just plain scary and they're not really like funny or lighthearted in any way but this next one was unique in that way that it was kind of I wouldn't say like actually laugh out loud funny but it just had some funnier moments and it was a little bit unconventional in that way and that is called villains and actually I forget what his name is but His last name is Skarsgård, one of the brothers. He also plays Pennywise, and he is also in Barbarian. So, loved that one. And then the last one on this list, which, you know those movies where you have a whole body cringe, you feel so uncomfortable, you're so unsettled, and also it's actually very relatable to maybe real life in different ways was All My Friends Hate Me. That was recommended to me by a friend and it's definitely not really like horror but it's kind of got that psychological thriller feel and then also kind of comedy and we all again me, Jamie, my sister watched this together and we all really liked it but at the same time we're like uh that was uncomfortable. Okay, so there you have it. That is my movies list for the year. And then I was actually looking at shows and I realized I don't have a lot of shows on my list because I started a lot of series and was enjoying them and then just kind of lost interest. So I feel like it wouldn't be honest putting them on this list because I never actually saw it through. And there were a few that I finished The list is very short, but that I actually loved. And looking at my list, two of them are cooking shows. The first one is called Pressure Cooker. I actually recommended this to a friend and she did not like it. And I was like, okay, well, no offense taken, but kind of. Um, 
And the reason I really liked this is because I also really like reality TV and it was kind of a two-in-one for me. It was like a reality TV show and a cooking show in one. Also very intense and kind of has a twist to the way that they're judged that I haven't seen being done in a lot of cooking shows. Another one on my list is Five Star Chef and in that one the winner gets to take over a famous hotel restaurant. They become the head chef at the restaurant which I just thought was such an interesting concept. I also, this is so random, probably the most random thing on this list, went through a huge Tour de France phase and that was brought forth by the series on Netflix that is called Tour de France Unchained. Now, I never watched the Tour de France ever before. I didn't even know the rules. Like, I was so surprised to learn how it worked. But Jamie and I just, like, randomly were like, okay, let's try this based on nothing. And we were so obsessed. And then we ended up watching the Tour de France or, like, snippets from it for the 2023 year. So this series follows the Tour de France of 2022. And then we were able to actually like understand what was going on and watch the 2023 tour, which was kind of fun. Another one that we recently were obsessed with is The Glory. And that is sort of like a thriller drama and it's all in Korean. And what I will say is the first couple episodes, we were like not too sure about it, but we were so hooked and really loved that series. And then honestly, another classic for this year that we've been watching a lot of, kind of just putting it on and having something easy to watch was actually Grey's Anatomy. I haven't watched that in a really long time, but we've been re-watching that this year. And honestly, there are probably a lot more, but I didn't keep track. So these are the only ones that came to mind immediately. I will try to do better with shows next year. But I do know that we started quite a few series, like I said. So some of them were White Lotus Season 2, Succession, The House of Dragon, The Great, The Wheel of Time. And all of those we were actually really enjoying, but for some reason just stopped. So maybe I should make it my goal, check in with me next year, to finish those before starting anything new, but that could be a while because those are quite a few shows. Okay, so that wraps up movies and shows. Now the next two categories, the final two categories I should say, are really quick, starting off with podcasts. Now, like I said, I really went through sort of a transition in what I was gravitating towards listening to podcasts and I've never actually been someone that really gravitates towards like comedy podcasts but that changed this year. I was really craving lighthearted, easy listening, maybe to balance out all of the disturbing horror movies we watched this year and the two that I really consistently kept up with and maybe this is a bit of recency bias because I got into them in the second half of the year and have been really recently obsessed, is The Ride Podcast and Brittany Broski's podcast called The Broski Report. Both just really funny, I'm frequently laughing out loud, lighthearted, relatable, and... I think both of those were recommended to me by someone else. So again, not something I would typically gravitate towards, but I've really enjoyed those. Last category for this episode that really has no connection with the previous categories that I've shared, but that I wanted to 
put in here nonetheless because it was something that stood out to me in 2023. It was something that I really enjoyed and it did make a big impact not just on my skin but also on my wallet. And why do I sound like I'm about to give you an ad? I'm not. I have no financial connection or anything at all whatsoever with these brands, at least not yet. Maybe we're manifesting that for 2024. But basically what I wanted to share was simplifying my skincare was one of my 2023 favorites. It stood out in my mind as something that I did, that I really enjoyed, that made me spend less money on skincare and made me stress less about skincare and just made my skin feel better. And I wanted to share that because I've shared it as a favorite in different ways on social media. So I kind of thought it made sense to include it in this episode. So with that said, I kind of simplified my skincare routine down to three products. Now I used to use like so, so many. And this year I really got into simplifying a lot of different things. As we spoke about, excuse me, a few episodes ago, my closet, my space, It's made me feel really good to just kind of cleanse and declutter and simplify. So the three products that we've landed with this year that have been favorites of mine are number one, Snail Mucin by CosRx. Now, if you're in Canada, I had a few people ask, like, where can you get this? I've seen it actually in several places. There's a few Korean beauty stores in Toronto that carry it. There are online beauty stores that carry it. Walmart carries it, but I would prioritize the other two before going to that. And then also Amazon, again, would prioritize finding stores that carry it if possible. So that's my first product. My second product is Uriage, I believe is the pronunciation. And I just use their, I think it's called Barioderm Cream. And I just find that it's the best, like thickest cream that has no scent to it whatsoever for sensitive dry skin. I've been obsessed with that. And then I just use sunscreen. I'm not that picky, but right now I'm using La Roche-Posay. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation. I'm just using their sunscreen. I've always kind of enjoyed it. And then I guess I'll add a fourth product because I do always cleanse, but I don't have a favorite here. I just use whatever's available I'm not too picky as long as it's unscented and not super abrasive. That's what I've been finding has really worked well for my skin. So that concludes this year's favorites. I hope that you enjoyed this segment. We will perhaps repeat it next year and I will do a better job specifically of documenting my shows that I'm watching. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you end up checking any of these things out. If not, thank you simply for listening and for being here. I'm so grateful for you all and I'll see you in the next episode.